AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Reality Sports Online. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm joined, as always, by Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF on the Twitter machine. Fitzy, how was your 4th of July, man? Yeah, it was pretty good, Bogman. I uh, got my share of grilled meats. And uh, yeah, like I'm really excited for the post 4th of July because it seems like now we are, uh, you know, downhill rolling with momentum oh, yeah. toward the football season. So let's do it, man. Let's strap let's in. Let's get there. Yeah, it, it is. It is absolute, uh, you know, all the way in prep time here and we're going to be going over last week we did the afc hard to read scenarios this week we're going to be doing the nfc and to do that with us this week we brought in shane manila manila I'm, I'm afraid to read your uh your twitter here at shane is the worst i didn't do that that's not that's not me that is shane he explained it to me before uh because i mean i've done uh at least one or two podcasts on the black book with shane and shane is the best to me, but uh, you can find him uh, at Shane is the worst on Twitter. Uh, Dynasty Trades HQ, Trades in Five, DL Football, and Fantasy Data NFL. Uh, you can be found all over the pra- place, right, Shane? Yeah, pretty much anywhere you look. Like you just Facebook, Instagram. Still got some stuff on MySpace if you're you're, you're searching for fantasy football content. <laughs> Very underserved community. So I'm still serving the MySpace community. MySpace, Friendster, he's on all of them. So, uh, uh, but um, you know, how was your fourth? Do you have a you have a good one? I yeah, I just I ate way too much food. Um, very you American. Know, yep. Ate way too many cinnamon buns. Uh, thought I could take on three at one time, and I was incorrect. I mean, I Man. won, but I think I lost the battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, winning is losing in that scenario for sure because you win and you feel accomplished, but then a couple hours later, you're like. Mm, I immediately regret this decision. Uh, but remember, uh, before we jump in here, I got to tell you guys about uh, some good stuff over at Fantasy Pros. We have another giveaway this month, and this month it is for a Traylon Burks autographed jersey. I uh, asked if I could be the pristine auction model 
and maybe get a free one delivered to me. They gave me the stiff arm on that, but you guys can enter right now. This contest, of course, ends at the end of the month, but all you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Take a screenshot, submit it to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. That's fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. You're entered in to win. Do it as soon as possible. And then check out our Discord, fantasypros.com slash chat. Our Discord is free to enter, but premium Fantasy Pro subscribers get a whole bunch of other perks like dozens of extra channels, regularly scheduled AMAs, and interactive voice chats with our analysts. Want to talk fantasy whenever you want or chat with Fantasy Pros analysts? Just check out our Discord at fantasypros.com slash chat. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash chat. Now, we're going to be going into these NFC scenarios and breaking them down and uh, seeing the ones that are hard to read. In this first one I picked out, Maybe it's not hard to read to you guys, but the Eagles running back situation has been in flux for a couple of years. Miles Sanders is always the main guy. There's a lot of people that are always in on whoever the backup is right now. It's Kenneth Gainwell. Um, you know, Boston Scott is always a fixture, a fixture of this for the last three seasons. Kennedy Brooks was high in our guy, Matt Waldman's uh, pre-draft list. He is an undrafted free agent there, and they've had Jason Huntley on the roster uh, too. So, uh, Pat, when you look at the Eagles RBs, is this just a Miles Sanders cut and dry? Do you like to grab and stash a Kenny Gainwell? Uh, is Boston Scott kind of, you know, one of those late round deep options you like to throw a dart on? Uh, how are you doing this in terms of rostering these players? Yeah, so I've got Miles Sanders actually on a couple of teams, and it's just sort of a not – he was never an aggressive target of mine, just someone who's sort of wound up on the roster. And, uh, you know, I like him in the, the short term. Um, I think he's going to have more than zero touchdowns this year, and it just seems like he is going to be the lead guy there. Um, I don't, Like Gainwell is the guy who confuses me because – it seemed like early on last year they were using him pretty aggressively, even in some goal line spots. And then they just sort of pulled back on him entirely. And like he fell from second to fourth on the depth, depth chart, it seemed, behind Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. So, um, But I should probably defer to our guest here since he uh, lives in the city of brotherly love and might have some more insight than I do on this. No, 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 Shane, no. Don't, Shane. don't blame don't don't make me make make the choice here. It, it's definitely not Miles Sanders. No, that, that's okay. all I'm gonna say. Like I'm not, I'm not investing in Miles Sanders. Um, yeah, he didn't score a lot of touchdowns last year. He scored zero, right? So that's not a lot. And you're like, oh, well, regression, regression, because that's our favorite word. Um, Boston Scott had double the uh, goal line attempts as Miles Sanders last year. And he talked about Kenny Gainwell had a couple carries too at, at the goal line. Um, and Miles Sanders he had the opposite of whatever it is and nose for the end zone. Like he, he literally took wrong routes, like just completely running the wrong way, had open lanes. It was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to get there. So I think he will definitely score more than zero touchdowns. I'm going to go out on a limb. He'll score more than zero touchdowns. I don't think he can be anything better than an RB two though. And, and not a high end one. I'm talking like back end. Kenny Gainwell's interesting because they've really liked him the first month. Um, I was actually just reading some Roto World, and Denny Carter was talking about, brought up a stat. He had the third most uh, routes run uh, for running backs in the first four weeks. And then by week 11, he was a healthy scratch. Um, I I don't know what to do with that. Um, Sounds Zach Moss-ish. 
you know yeah yeah like we gave you a chance we, we didn't like what we saw and we're not going to do that again um yeah and they brought jordan howard in and let him get a ton of work um i like kennedy brooks too he's he's a guy that i targeted as soon as the udfa started signing i said all right that's mine because i knew whoever ended up with the eagles was going to be the guy i was going to get because <laughs> there's a path there you know yeah. kenny gainwell's a limited player miles sanders has seen his uh, targets drop every year of his career um he's an efficient runner but that's that's all he is um so I don't put a lot of lot of hope into him. If I had to choose one player at cost, I'm not doing it. But if I had to choose <laughs> one player, I guess Miles Sanders. Well, Miles Sanders, you know, you you said he's at best in RB two. Right now, his expert consensus rankings for dynasty leagues is 27. So, uh, you know, it's an R. He's an RB three at this point, unless you're in a deeper league. Most leagues are 12 teams. 24 you know obviously the the top two regions so he's going as an rb3 if you can get him at 27 do you think you would take him shane or is that still uh there's guys in that area that i would much rather have no because i'll talk myself into the upside of (laughs) he's so efficient and in that rookie year when he had 50 receptions he looked so good and then i'll just ignore the fact that he is fumbling injury and um isn't you know, it's fantasy. We shouldn't care, right? But he's not a smart football player. He does dumb things. Generally, I wouldn't care. Except- that won't keep you on the field, though. Like, you're you're a yeah. dumb player. You'll get snaps taken away, especially at a churning position like running back, right? And, and that's exactly every year he does something really stupid. Like, just like you have no football sense whatsoever, which makes no sense because the kid's been playing his whole life. And, right. Um, that scares me. I I don't know. I'd probably pass on him. Like I, I have enough Miles Sanders in my life. I'm not drafting him in Dynasty, and I'm just not going to touch him in redraft. I got to read about him in the papers and hear about him on the radio. That's enough for me. I don't. I don't want to have to depend on his points. I completely understand that. Let's go down I, I will, to. Can I just say, Boggs? I, I do think like someone is going to overachieve this year in this offense because you know Jalen Hurts with his running ability and all the RPO stuff they're running. Like that seems to create. Uh, but the overachiever, I mean, I think everyone is pegged as Devontae Smith, right? That's going to be in this offense. He'll he'll be the he'll outplay his draft spot. That's what you know the consensus seems to be. Yeah, I mean, someone overall, but I also think of running back with that offensive line okay. they have, which is one of the better ones in the league. And then just like the RPO stuff seems to help like running back efficiency. Like it it freezes those linebackers a little split second more and and seems to like give these guys more of a running head start. So maybe it's Gainwell who steps forward. Maybe it is Kennedy Brooks who kind of uh, emerges as like, they've shown that they want to use multiple backs. So it's probably not going to be any one guy being a top 10 guy in rushing yards in this offense. But um, you know, maybe if Kennedy Brooks like pops right away in, in training camp in the preseason, he gets a bigger deep, role. Have you been grabbing and stashing Kennedy? Uh, I think I've got him in one of my leagues. Yeah. Mm. You guys both taking the sooner. I can't do it. My Texas roots will not let me take the sooner. But uh, look, I understand. Uh, let me ask you this, Shane, uh, and then we'll end on the Eagles running back situation. But uh, is the Eagles starter uh, in three seasons? Is he on the roster right now? Starting running back. Oh, no. Goodness, no. No, it's not Sanders. Um, Certainly not Boston Scott, who is my favorite, one of my favorite running backs, who I do own on somewhere (laughs) in the neighborhood of like 60% of my dynasty leagues because every year it seems like he gives me a little run. Certainly not going to be Kennedy Brooks. And uh, 
Jason Huntley is on the roster still too, but uh, he's yeah. more of a special teams guy. I can't imagine they're starting running backs on this team. Although I honestly, I can't imagine most starting running backs are on a roster in three years. There. Yeah. What Good about point. next year? No, still no. Still no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, that's yeah. And maybe maybe at wide receiver or something, the number one target quarterback, whatever. But yeah, running back, I know that churns out. Let's stay in the NFC East and let's talk about Giants wide receivers because the number one rated player in ECR on this roster uh is Kadarius Tony in terms of wideouts, and his ECR is 47, making him barely a wide receiver for, and he doesn't even want to play for the Giants, it seems. At least that's what he said earlier. Uh, Kenny Galladay, who they paid a buttload of money, uh, is wide receiver 58 in ECR. Wondell Robinson is 75. Uh, Sterling Shepard is good, but he's long in the tooth. Um, you know, 29 years old this year. Uh, 89, then Slayton, Colin Johnson, Richie James, CJ Board, who had a little action last year, like uh, David Sills from West Virginia is on this roster. Um, it's got, this is a upside roster, Tony Robinson, uh, you know, those guys and Galladay, I mean, Galladay almost has to outperform what he did last year. Maybe he won't, maybe he's just done, but I feel like he's got to get better than he was last year. I think he really did not like the coaching staff that he walked into last year. And now there's a new one, but Pat, when you look at this giants wideout situation, are you drafting any of these guys for dynasty? Do you want to take an upside swing on Tony, even though he doesn't really like playing for the Giants right now. I mean, these are a lot of decent weapons, but none of them is outstanding right now at all. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, the Tony thing works out because I'm excited by what that guy showed in weeks four and five last year and just like that springy, crazy athleticism and the 189-yard game against Dallas and, uh, you know, the other, I think it might have been against Washington, the other big game he had. Like, uh, I'm excited by what we saw and I I don't like that he had... uh, you know, all those injury problems down the stretch. And it wasn't just one injury. It was like a medley of seven yeah. different things, including COVID. But um, just like the the spring in that dude's, um, like the way he just catches the ball and like explodes from there. I'm kind of excited by that. I'm even a little bit interested in Galladay. I mean, not like a premium dynasty asset because he's getting a little right. older now. But I mean... He was an exceptional contested catch guy, and actually one of the things Daniel Jones has done pretty well, and, and there aren't many so far, is... Uh, throw a contested football? Throw the, deep, <laughs> throw the deep ball. Like, his deep ball yeah. efficiency has actually been above average. So um, maybe a little hope that he and Galladay can be sort of a, a good match. And, you know, Wandale, I know people are excited about him, and there was some buzz about him coming out of the OTAs, but, man, like the... The prototype is not good for a dude who's 5'8 and 179 pounds. Like the track record for those guys. I went back and like, look, there's only been one thousand yard season by a receiver 5'8 or shorter in the Super Bowl era. And that was someone named Richard Johnson. Even though I'm old, like Richard Johnson and the Lions 1989, I don't even remember that dude. That's uh, and if, yeah, exactly. And if you if you stretch it out to 5'9, uh, you get 37,000 yard seasons from guys like that over, a, you know, 56 Super Bowl era seasons. And it's only nine players in totality. And same with weight. Like if you have guys 180 pounds or less, 19,000 yard seasons spread among six different players. So maybe there's a chance that he's the next uh, Mark Clayton, Gary Clark, Steve Smith. But like you're facing some uphill odds there. So uh, oh, I'm, I'm not... Not crazy interested in Wando. 
I love that is a pull of a stat, Pat. I love that. That is great. Uh, Shane, when you look at this scenario with New York, are you, I mean, you know, Tony is viable at 47 for sure, because the upside is there. Uh, Kenny Galladay is, you know, uh, until he completely falls off. I don't know if he's going to get cheaper than this. Um, you know, Wandale's a rookie and cheap. Sterling Shepard could be good for another couple of years, and he's cheap. Like, these are affordable assets, specifically in Dynasty Leagues. Is there any you're excited about? Oh, excited. It's a different, different, uh, completely different <laughs> sentence. Um, no, I'm actually Kadarius Tony, too, right? Like, there's two games. It was two games, and that's all it was, and we have to remind ourselves before we get too over the moon with the guy. He was really good in those two games. Um, Galladay, I, I think I've given up on. Like the guy was a dog in Detroit the last year there, and then he was a dog in New York last year. That's just, eh, I don't know. Yeah. And I was excited about Wondell Robinson until Pat just uh, completely eviscerated any <laughs> any chance that he had. I mean, because he's he's fun. He has a good college profile. It's just that he's you know he's a very little man. Um, but it's the new NFL, Pat. So now they like people our size. Um, well, <laughs> height and weight. Yeah, I got a little more weight than him. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Kadarius Tony is the only one I'm, I'm probably buying at cost, and the one that I think has the upside to really pay off on that uh, that ADP. Yeah, I mean, um, I I am very interested in Wandell too, but I'm not very high on him either. So I'm with you guys. It's Kadarius for me, and I just. I almost kind of wish that Kadarius would end up on a different team. Cause I think, you know, Slayton, yeah, Slayton has huge drops, but the guy gets open. Uh, you know, uh, I like Colin Johnson, my guy from Texas too. He could be a big red zone target, but these are guys that are only coming in probably in an injury replacement uh, scenario here. Let's go to commanders running backs. And the, the reason I put this one on here is because I am just so different than everybody else on this scenario, specifically long-term. Uh, Antonio Gibson is going to be the guy there. He's his ECR is 16. That's a very high top two RB, right? Um, But Brian Robinson is at 50. McKissick is at 54. Uh, I like Robinson way more. And I don't really like uh, McKissick after last season. Last season, he was great, but he only lasted 11 games. Uh, He has one. He's a one trick pony. He really is a one trick pony. Uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He he can line up as a receiver too, but they extended uh, they extended Terry. Jahan Dotson they drafted. Curtis Samuel's coming back off an injury. I mean, I know we've heard that a million times, but Diami Brown is still there too, and he's uh, you know going to look for an expanded role this year. I just think there are fewer balls to go around for him to catch. Brian Robinson is a three-down type of back. He is definitely going to be a goal line option for this team, especially with Antonio Gibson in his skinny legs. You don't want him getting hurt. So uh, I'm really into Brian Robinson. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a great option here. And we even heard Ron Rivera talking about them as a one-two punch. So I may be beating a dead horse here, Pat. I know you've heard me say it a million times because I say it on, I feel like every show we do, but I am drafting Brian Robinson in every format, specifically in Dynasty 2. I like him a lot. A big thumper, big downhill guy who catches passes. So, I mean, had he gone to a better spot, like he would be, uh, imagine if he had gone to the Texans with the enthusiasm we're seeing for Damian Pierce right now, like what we get for Robinson, who I think going into the draft was regarded as the better running back prospect. But uh, I'm with you on, on having no interest in McKissick, a guy who just can't 
has no hope of elevating to anything close to a featured role or even like really a committee back. He's just stuck in that passing down role and he's getting older. So he averaged over 10 points a game last year. I don't want to take too much away from him because he's got it in him, but I just, he's very specific role. And I think that role is evaporating in Washington. Yeah. I mean, he can, he can get like 10 points in a single drive and you'd see him do that a lot of the times when they were (laughs) in the hurry up, like at the end of a half or at the end of a game and he would score. Yeah. Right. He would pile up points fast. So Gibson is the interesting guy here and and a guy who I hate his situation, but he's six feet, 228 pounds, just turned 24, 99th percentile speed score. And he's got a a history as a wide receiver. So we know he can catch passes, but this is going to be interesting because Shane and I play in a league together where we just made a big deal involving Antonio Gibson. And our deal was this, and uh, Shane traded me straight up Antonio Gibson. I don't think we had any throw-ins in this deal, Shane. You can correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Antonio Gibson for a late first-round draft pick that Shane immediately turned into James Cook. So, okay. boss, who would you rather have, Gibson or James Cook? Oh, man, I feel, I'm the James Cook guy, I feel like, I too. I think I I'm higher than anyone on him in ECR. Um, I would rather have Gibson. Um slightly i just i think gibson has we've seen him do it he's more guaranteed but i like james cook to take over devin singletary uh in his role by the end of this season i don't think that'll be close i think james cook will be a very very good running back that's close um but i think i'd lean on gibson because of his uh you know the fact that he's done it before at the nfl level shane i like this trade this is interesting is cook the one you were aiming for when you did this trade or was this like you did the trade and then you ended up with cook no 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 no. i was targeting cook and pat forgot there was a there was a second hand oh this is great and then so shane in the next round rubs my nose in it by drafting brian robinson (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that role i love that Pat, you just crushed my Wandell Robinson uh, hopes and dreams. So here, just a little, just a little bit about Mr. Gibson last year. He was RB seventeen, right? That's not bad. Um, he was twenty fifth in yards per reception for running backs. That's that's not great. Uh, his two point three eight yards created per rushing attempt was thirty eighth in the league, and then he was fortieth in points per opportunity. Um, so any ding to his volume is really going to hurt him. And Brian Robinson. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Um, I think he's just going to be stealing touches left and right. I mean, you, you didn't even mention the fumbling problem, Shane. I, I mean, you're I going easy on me. You're giving yeah. me the kid gloves. I'm just giving you just the raw stats, right? You know, fumbling narrative. He, he does fumble a lot, and he has shins that are made of paper mache. So the, that's why I said the skinny chance. legs, man. He's got some chicken legs for sure. Right. So I, I think Brian Robinson's going to steal a ton of work from him. And Brian Robinson quickly became one of my favorite buys in uh, this rookie class. Um, in some, cl- depending on how deep the league is 12, 14, 16 teams, 14 teams definitely. I've been grabbing him in the second round. Like that's how high I am on him. I think he's going to see a ton of work. And uh, Gibson's just going to break a lot of people's hearts. And it's not going to be mine because I, I, I got out on him. I was all in love with him before last year. And then uh, he just didn't show it. So wh- where um, where would you rank him? Is he like a low-end RB2 to you, Shane? Or is he a high-end RB3? Where would you rank Gibson moving forward? I mean, so uh, mid-RB2, low-end RB2. and So this that- 16 is kind of fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that range, the range is fine. It's just, okay. I generally don't even pay that at that 
you know what I mean? Like I'm never going to draft that running back. Probably uh, there's a good <laughs> chance unless somehow he falls. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll get him four rounds after he should go. I guess people forgot he was there. Um, Cause I'll probably end up guy, drafting a guy like Brian Robinson much later and be like, all right, I think he's just going to take his job. I mean, I th- that I think that's within the realm of possibility for sure. I think he could definitely uh, steal his job. Have you rostered McKissick anywhere, or um, are you agreeing with Pat Nine? He's just kind of out for you. Yeah, I've, I've, look, McKissick was fun when I, when he was going to Buffalo. I was like, oh, that's interesting. When he decided to go back to Washington, I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. And then when they drafted Brian Robinson, I said, oh, never mind. Yeah, he's done. It's like you said, he's a one-trick pony. He's the, Theo Riddick, right? Yeah. Theo Riddick was fun for two seasons, maybe three seasons. I don't remember. There's always a Theo Riddick guy where he gives you two or three seasons, and you're like telling yourself, like, oh, there's no reason he can't have 100 targets every year. Well, other than he's not really that good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's also, you know, bad teams with these uh, players that are, you know, good but not great will, you know, take advantage. And, and this is the best guy on our team, so we're going to give him the ball as many times. Now you have many, many weapons here in Washington. So should be interesting. We're going to go to Bears wide receivers next. But before we do, I got to tell you guys about Reality Sports Online. And by now, you've probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, automated contracts, salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It is not the best thing about reality sports online fantasy front offices is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just takes more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite. Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free FRWE in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. This one should be quick. The Bears uh, have Darnell Mooney and nobody. And when I say nobody, I mean nobody. In ECR... Darnell Mooney comes in at 30 among wide receivers. Scored 200 points last year, had 140 targets, uh, four touchdowns, so he can add on to that. Uh, he had volume. Well, we all think that you know this new staff, all this stuff, they're going to take a wide receiver to help out their young stud quarterback, Justin Fields, and they do not do it. The, the next highest in ECR wide receiver for this team is Byron Pringle at 110. Then Vellis Jones Jr. from Tennessee, the old rookie who I believe is my age, 39. Uh, I think he's actually at 26, but um, uh, he is, he'll, he's 25. Um, he's 119. Uh, Daz Newsom is 163. Equinemius St. Brown is 204. Dante Pettis is 208. David Moore uh, could do something. Isaiah Coulter, I like coming out of the draft. Uh, Tajay Sharp, who's had some success, is in here. So, you know, first of all, Pat, do you like Mooney? Is Mooney a guy that you would invest in? And then is, is there a dart throw in a deeper league that you're taking on any of these other Bears wideouts? First, uh, before I weigh in on Mooney, I just got to say that it was it was so satisfying that I've been taking grief from Bears fans here in Chicago about the Packers not drafting wide receivers <laughs> for years. And then, like, I was actually at the draft this year with 
one of my good friends who's a Bears fan and, and one of those guys who's been giving me grief about it as they repeatedly passed on wide receivers. It was kind of, uh, you know. Quick, how many passes is Jaquan Brisker going to catch? Huh? <laughs> how many? How many do you think? Jaquan Brisker? There's the safety. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, like, I, I like Mooney, though. I do like Mooney. Not just a speed guy good route runner and like surprisingly tough for a, a thinner wide receiver, like in break tackles and everything. So I do like him. Um, you know, there was a follower who went to Tulane and kind of tipped me off about, about him like coming out of college. And I appreciate her very astute, like touting Darnell Mooney coming into the league. And yeah, I mean, Mooney just totally took over that role as the wide receiver one. I think his deep ball, Ability kind of pairs well with Justin Fields. So I, I am high on him. I think I'm kind of above where he is. You said wide receiver 30 for yeah. Dynasty. I'm maybe a little bit higher than that on him. So uh, high on him, and then I just don't see any hope with any of these other guys, like Velas Jones, um, like intriguing speed. But like you said, he's a really old prospect. Uh, not a great overall profile. You know, I think if, if we were going to see Equinemius – pop he was going to do it with Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay offense and and not in this offense um so yeah Pringle another guy who was intriguing maybe a couple of years ago that he could become more and he's got at least a foothold in the NFL but I don't see him as like any he might get a of... suspension too he had some weird offseason yeah he was like right? doing donuts with like a toddler in the car or something like that I, I think decision making needs that. to be like a four in madden yeah. if he was allegedly doing allegedly allegedly i but, think he was course. taking the fall for the toddler the toddler might have actually been driving oh, so he's probably yeah. not as bad as a dude with that <laughs> hopefully um i've got i've got mooney just a little bit lower i got him at 32 but here's a couple of guys that he's around um just in ecr uh Cortland sutton's at 27 amari cooper's at 28 Jamison williams is at 29 yeah, are you taking mooney over any of those guys pat no, I don't think so. Well, uh, what about uh, hold on? You, Sutton Co- was one Cooper's of them? a little long in the tooth. Yeah. Um, but I have Cooper Iyer. Uh Jamison Williams, Amari Cooper, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, actually, so now that I look at it, I do have Mooney below all those guys, and I'm actually a little below consensus, even though I like him. It, 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 Shane, what do you think about these guys? Are you taking Mooney over uh any of those guys? Are you taking all those guys over Mooney? I don't know. Pat can say he likes Mooney when he's taking Cortland Sutton and Amari Cooper over him, but uh I'll, I'll take him over Amari Cooper and uh Cortland Sutton. Uh he should see like a 30% target share this year, right? And and I've brought up like I, I've made fun of him a little bit that he's a wide receiver three that masqueraded as a wide receiver two last year <laughs> nothing changed this year like the competition got worse they said all right yeah here's Allen Robinson instead of him we're gonna have Velas Jones Jr. who I had to look up when they drafted which and I think I'm pretty deep dynasty guy I play a bunch of Debbie leagues guess what he was still available in every one of my rookie drafts that's Debbie wow it somehow um real quick Brian Brian Byron Pringle will give you at least one 20 point game um, at some point this season because he does it every year um, just so that we can uh, write him up in the uh, fantasy waiver wire articles the following week. And he completely just gives you a donut. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I like Mooney at that price. I take him over Mark Cooper. I'll straight, I'll trade straight, uh, trade him straight up. If I could get Mooney back for Cooper, I gotta look at Pat's roster, see if he's got any. Cooper. (laughs) It's funny. Maybe I could send him. 
I didn't even realize on my ranks, I have Mooney at 32, I have Sutton at 33, and Cooper at 34. So I have them all kind of right in a row. Um, what about you're two rookies? Um, you're taking Sky Moore over Mooney, or are you taking Mooney over Sky Moore? I fell in love with Sky Moore, <laughs> um, which is pretty funny because the night he was drafted, I, I tweeted out that everyone in the dynasty community was going to overdraft him. And then uh, I became everyone and I've completely overdrafted him. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I have, look, I have a sickness like most dynasty players. Rookies are infallible. Yeah. Um, and I see nothing but upside. Right. Mm-hmm. And all I can see is ceiling with Mooney. So all I can see what Mooney is like, he can get the 16 points a week. I, I can see him do that. But Sky Moore, <laughs> Sky Moore. I mean, he's with Patrick Mahomes. He, he could maybe get the 20 points. A week. Maybe he he's Tyreek Hill. Maybe right, he is. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I take Sky Moore, but luckily I don't think I'd have to do it straight up. What about uh, Dotson, Jahan Dotson? One more rookie against Mooney. Man, I should like Dotson a lot more than I do. Um, <laughs> I think I would take Mooney, though. I mean, the quarterback situation in Washington's rough. It's Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke. So, you know, it's not good there. Maybe it's probably Mr. Outside Hire next year, you know, a free agent or a draft pick. But uh, Dotson was amazing at Penn State. He was really, really good against some good competition, too. I have Mooney just slightly higher than Dotson. I have Dotson right behind all those other guys I just mentioned. Uh, Fitzy, before we move on to any other situation here, Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, Darnell Mooney, rank them. I have got, uh, let's see, Mooney 36, Skymore 29, Dotson 30. Okay, so you're taking both rookies over. Yeah. Uh, over. Okay, I mean, look, that's fair. I, I think in, you know, let me ask you this, one more. Is Darnell Mooney the number one wide receiver on this team in two years? Mm, no, I think they're going to take someone next year. Like someone, one of the top guys in a good receiver class. Same, Shane. Yeah, if he is, then they really hate Justin Fields. So there'll also be a new quarterback one in uh, Chicago as which, well. Which they apparently do, so it's entirely possible. It's, it's no. an interesting approach. I got to give him that. You know, look, let's draft the quarterback and then give him absolutely no help whatsoever and just see what happens. <laughs> this is the Packers model. They always make the playoffs too. So they're taking a page out of their uh, NFC North uh, uh, rival here. And let's go to that situation with the Packers. And the ECR is a little bit jumbled up here. Christian Watson is the highest at 51. You know, I just talked about how uh, it's ugly, but at least the Bears have someone in the top three. Watson is number one at 51. Uh, but then, you know, the second and third guys are better. Alan uh, Lazard, 60. Uh, Amari Rogers, 95. Romeo Dubs, 102. Sammy Watkins is down here all the way at 111. Randall Cobb is 100, so he's at 129. Torres at 160. And then you have three guys that aren't getting ranked by, you know, in ECR at all. And Juwan Winfrey, Malik Taylor, Danny Davis, all at the end of the roster, probably special teams guys, if they even make the roster here. So, Pat, is it all about Christian Watson and everybody else is just a big old question mark? Do you like taking uh, Lazard because, you know, uh, he he's coming at a deal as you know a low end wide receiver five here, or what do you think about this whole uh, Packers wide receiver scenario for your boys? So Watson for sure is really interesting because just the size and the speed combination, and that he had a really good Senior Bowl week. Like it wasn't just the pure testing; like he actually got it done and was voted, I think, the the best wide receiver at Senior Bowl week by the cornerbacks who were there. So, um, yeah, and it's maybe going to be an adjustment. Like we expected, 
that the Packers might go after a more polished guy that like Chris Olave seemed like he would have been the perfect pairing. And then they go and get maybe one of the least polished guys, a guy coming from, you know, North Dakota state and hasn't played against great competition and didn't get a lot of targets at North Dakota state. And is basically just this physical Marvel. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. It might take a little time for him to get going. Romeo dubs is pretty interesting too. Um, you I know, like as, as Carson Strong's guy and, uh, you know, a guy who I think led all, I, I think I've dropped this stat that he led all college receivers in yardage and catches on post patterns. So maybe he's the new MVS basically. Um, Lazard is, it's funny, man. And I, I think he's going to trip up more people in redraft than in dynasty, but um, that a receiver whose greatest NFL attribute was his blocking is uh, being projected for this number one role this year. And I just think he's like going to be such a trap. Like, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't think there's that much upside in any league where you have to like make the decision whether to put him in your starting lineup every week. I just think he's going to disappoint you more weeks than not. So um, that's it, man. Like I wouldn't be totally shocked if like Sammy Watkins wound up being the number one receiver for the Packers this year, but I also <laughs> wouldn't be shocked. Hurt. Yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked if the leading receiver had like, you know, 643 yards for the Packers this year. And it was just spread among five receivers, a couple of tight ends, the two backs. Um, I, think it's just going to be a, a we can't have that for fantasy week. pat we got to have some know, good players man. out of here right come on like rogers you you'd like to think rogers is going to turn one of these guys into a thousand yard receiver but i don't know man unless unless watson hits right away it's hard to see yeah i mean shane is it just watson and you're not interested in anybody else will you take a flyer on dubs or anybody else here i'll take a flyer on dubs one thing that's interesting about lazard is um so he had a career high 15.3 target share in 2020. And uh, the next year he had uh, his second lowest target share. So it's like the Packers were like, no, that definitely did not work. We're not going to keep throwing to that guy. Um, and at the I draft, like, I'm like, you know what? Maybe it did work. We'll, we'll yeah. go back to him. He's had that target share before. It's fine. Right. So I like dubs cheap, right? Because I can get him in fourth, fifth round of the rookie drafts. And that's basically free. So that, that's fine. At that point, you're just taking shots and you can do worse than tying a, a, a shot to Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, if Watson, as long as Watson doesn't drop everything in sight, run the wrong routes, he's obviously the most physically gifted. I mean, the dude's a specimen. We just need him to catch the ball a little bit and run the correct routes. Um, And he could have a massive year or he could run the wrong route in week one and we don't see him for five weeks. I think the drops would be worse for him. Like you run the wrong route. Okay. You're a rookie. You're figuring it out. But if you're wide open and it hits your hands and and hits the ground, Rogers is going to be mad. So we we saw that with MVS though, for several years and Rogers kept talking him up, even though people say that like Rogers didn't trust MVS. Rogers was always talking up MVS and you know, his, Snap counts remained respectable. Yeah, I hope that's the case. I mean, because Watson has all the talent. What you got to hope with Watson, right? So he had a high drop rate in college, but you have to also look at the the amount of targets that he had. Or you know what I mean? Like it's a small, small sample size. So you know, two drops is going to like really hit that rate hard. He's just so physically gifted. Like I got to hope that the coaching staff is like, all right, this is what he's good at. Go do this, and then they do it. You know, and they can use them. We saw that in college, you can use them in the running game too, which is just fun. Someone that big and fast. 
So I, I got to think he's going to be a giant part of that offense. I just, yeah. I can't imagine he won't be. It's a great point. Yeah. Just get him the ball on bubble screens and slants yes. and, and let yes. him do his thing, man. Yeah, Absolutely. like don't, you don't have to make it complicated. Like, hey, go run out there, do a double move, and then you know, here's an option route. Like, no, don't, don't, don't make it overly complicated. If he keeps dropping the ball, they'll, they'll run him. You know, they'll run reverses yeah. with him and stuff. Do something. Yeah. Just put the ball in his hand so he doesn't have to catch it. They'll, they'll make it work. Uh, I, I'm confident in that. So I'm, yeah, Watson is a guy too. I, I'm a little higher than uh, ECR on him. I think I have him at forty. 42 uh in his ecr uh what did i say was it's 50 so um yeah so so I, i'm 51 so I, i'm much higher on him he's got a ton of upside um i mean what is the what is the ceiling for watson what what is like is it wide receiver one is it high-end wide receiver two like what do you see his absolute ceiling at shane I mean that that size and speed combination. If he actually puts it puts it together, a, a wide receiver one. We've kind of already seen it in DK Metcalf had a wide receiver one type season, right? Yeah, a, a wide receiver one season. I think that's what we could see with him. Like, yeah, he's raw, and that's not great because he's an old college prospect. Um, but if he puts it together, I mean, he couldn't be with a better quarterback, right? And yeah. You know, if if he's gonna if he's gonna show the guy he'll work. I have no idea about Aaron Rodgers. He's just weird, but whatever. <laughs> yes. he, he couldn't be. He could, it, there's not many quarterbacks you would like to be tied to more than him, right? So if he yes. can just put it together, if he just works at it, like the dude could be a wide receiver one. I think it's more likely he's going to be boom bust, and we'll see a lot of high scoring weeks, and then other weeks where we're just frustrated that he had two receptions for 13 yards. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say one for 14, so that's perfect. Yeah, those are the type of uh, gains that you know. That's you take him as a wide receiver four, wide receiver maybe a three. Okay, you know you can take that, but if you have one injury now, he's your second. You're starting to get really frustrated. Uh, Pat, do you have the same? you know, wide receiver one upside for Watson. I mean, this, you know what, it just feels like to me, Claypool, you know, Claypool had a huge rookie season where he had 10 touchdowns and everybody went crazy and everyone's trading for him. And now, you know, after his goofball year last year, uh, where uh, he did not endear himself to any fantasy managers, uh, he has taken a huge hit. So it kind of feels like similar trajectory, but both these guys still have giant upsides. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm thinking of this fantasy baseball site I subscribe to, Baseball HQ, and when they evaluate rookie prospects, they do like the, the ceiling is on a 1 to 10 scale, and mm. then they have a letter grade for the probability <laughs> that those guys reach it. Like a guy might have a low low ceiling, and but a high probability he gets there, like he's some sort of gamer, and they give him a 7A. But then there's the guy who's got like 10 talent, but, you know, they don't know what the odds are. He's going to – he's some like – Cuban prospect who's really only played against lower level competition or something. And he's like a 10 C or a 10 D. And I think Watson is kind of one of those guys who's like a 10 C or a 10 D like the sky is the absolute limit, but you know, what are the odds that he hits that ceiling? Probably not great, but man, I mean, dynasty people are always going to chase that upside. Uh, Let's go over to, I mean, get get your puke buckets ready. Uh, The Falcons running backs here. Uh, which is just disgusting. Um, you know, Cordero Patterson converted wide receiver, played running back for them last year. And I know uh, Sleeper App just said that they are 
going to give him only a running back designation, which is just kind of interesting. I mean, the guy still caught 52 passes last year and, you know, put up over 1,100 total yards and 11 touchdowns. He had a fantastic season, um, but he's, you know, 32. He's an older guy, uh, has not taken a beating like a running back has. Even last year, he had 153 carries, which is a lot and over 200 touches for him. But, you know, it's just a different beast playing running back. So I'm a little worried for him. Uh, they did draft Tyler Algier out of BYU, who uh, is the darling of a lot of people, because like Shane said before, you can see the path to him getting a bunch of touches for this team. You know, Calvin Ridley's gone. So maybe you want to keep uh, Cordero more as a whiteout, um, especially if one of these guys picks it up. Um, but then they have uh, Damian Williams, the vet comes over from KC uh, kind of an insurance policy. Quadri Allison has done a little work here. Uh, Avery Williams and Caleb Huntley are still on this roster, but probably nothing here. Pat, what are you doing with Falcons RBs? Anything? Oh, my God. Nothing. Like, it's Algier, and I have no idea what to make of Algier and don't even want to pass judgment until we see the preseason, <laughs> uh, which, you know, it's tough to do if you're deciding whether to take him in a rookie draft, and I decided His ECR's not 51. to take him. So that's a that's a that's, running back five. That's like the last RB on your roster, and that's a fine spot to have him, right? That's uh, I don't know, man. Like it, that might even be too high because people chase this opportunity on bad teams, and even if that's he true. is like, even if he is the lead guy in a committee, and I don't I, like, I certainly can't see him having some sort of Derrick Henry type workload. Even if he's the lead guy in this offense, what does that mean? Is that like a, a week in week out starter? Like I suppose so. so so if let me he, just give you a couple guys that Tyler Algiers around. By the way, I put this together yesterday and he's dropped a couple spots with people updating their uh their ECR. He's now at 53. Um, but the three guys ahead of him are McKissick, Edwards, and Brian Robinson, who we would all much rather have. And then the three below him are Sony Michelle, Naheem Hines, Chuba Hubbard. I think I would take him I'd over take him, everybody oh. but Robinson. I, everyone but Robinson and Hines for me this year because Hines is still kind of young and I like what they're how they're talking about using him with Matt Ryan who's going to be dumping off a lot and generally I don't love the guys like Hines who can't ascend to featured back but I think Hines is a big enough role there and is still young and is in an offense that's going to dump off a lot so and Hines featured in college. I mean, I know it's a, uh, you know, it's yeah. college and yeah. the NFL is different, but he was played a huge role at yeah. NC State when he was then, there. So, And then Boggs Cordero, like, I mean, if, if they're <laughs> talking about putting him back a wide receiver, that just totally evaporates his value. Not to mention the fact that, I mean, a player profiler has done like research on what the age apex is for running back. And it's like 24.8 or 25. Right. He's like almost eight years past that, <laughs> like two, two Olympic cycles past the age apex for that guy. And like, and people like in dynasty startups still will take him in like the late teen rounds. And I'm just like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Yeah, um, I mean, he's not long for the NFL. I mean, the, I guess the good thing about Cordero Patterson is that he was so bad in Minnesota, that he didn't get any touches. So there wasn't like a lot of wear and tear on his body. So maybe he's not like a normal NFL use and abuse 32. But I mean, wh yeah. what do you give him? I mean, 30? That's still yeah. old. You look, know. he just he we're going to look back on his 2021 as like a, a Toby Gerhardt, like one hit <laughs> wonder season. Peyton like Hillis. Yeah, where where did that come from? It was glorious, but then, you know, the, the follow-up is not going to be very satisfying. 
Shane, yeah. you, you said you love the upside of these rookies. Is Tyler Algier a guy that you've been rostering or or no? No. <laughs> yeah. So Pat brought up a good point about how, you know, just sometimes on a bad roster, yeah, a running back will get to uh, be the running back one, but it almost doesn't matter. Like, uh, where, where did that happen last year? Oh, Atlanta. Mike Davis. Yeah. No. Oh, I uh -huh. was all in, too. Uh, I, I was – he was good in Carolina. I thought he was good in Carolina. He can be good in Atlanta. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I, did, I didn't, I didn't see him face planning that badly. Right. I, I definitely wasn't in on him, but same thing with Algier. Like I don't, I'm not especially impressed with him. I mean, yeah, he's a RB 53. You said, I mean, so the, the price is cheap. So he's probably a running back that I end up with on my roster only because that's about, I'm cheap when it comes to running back. And that's about what I want to pay. I take Brian Robinson. I wish Brian Robinson was there. Brian Robinson. Never mind. Top 30. Yeah, he, he, he was 50. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you been in Atlanta, I know what you mean, but, but he was yeah. 50, like he's in the same range. So yeah, uh, but I if he would have got that land spot, but no, I just, and Cordell Patterson, I mean, so sleepers going to leave him at running back, mm -hmm. um, which is fine. If he gets six to seven targets a week, I don't I care just if think he, he, he plays both. So he, he's one of the few exceptions in the NFL that I feel like could qualify at both. You know, and and he did last year. I mean, they got a little run happy with him um, towards the end of the year, which I, I didn't enjoy because he's not truly a running back. Like, you know, it's cute when it's like give him like eight rushing attempts and seven targets. Like, let, let's keep that split like that. He's, he's fine. I traded him in every league I could last year as soon as I could get any value for him because much like Pat felt and you felt, I'm sure like, hey, this guy's never been good for the first decade and a half of his career. Uh, I'm not going to imagine that now that he's 31, all of a sudden, like he's going to hit a light switch and he, he's going to be good for the next six years. Um, not drafting. Quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's ugly there. Let's move to another terrible situation. Keep those puke bags out for the Atlanta Falcons wide receiver situation. Because, <sighs> uh, look, uh, at least there's some promise here. Drake London, uh, still awesome. You know, uh, ECR of 19. Um, then after that, uh, we do have uh, Calvin in here. But obviously, Calvin has the huge suspension uh, for gambling, which is, you know, I understand it. I know a lot of people got upset by this suspension, but he's currently wide receiver 50 uh, for whatever reason. I think just because I was looking at the roster and he wasn't on it, I didn't list him here, but he's at wide receiver 50. Um, and then you have Brian Edwards, who they traded for at 91, Olamide Zacchaeus at 149, Auden Tate, some people in on, Frank Darby, Demary Bird, uh, Geronimo Allison. It's a mess. Uh, so it looks like, Drake London is your one. Then, you know, your number one receiving option could be Kyle Pitts, the tight end, um, who's, uh, you know, a top 12 player in most dynasty startups here. But kind of seems like this year it's Drake London or bust. And with all of the weirdness surrounding Calvin Ridley, uh, Pat, is he a guy you grab and stash in a dynasty league? Or do you want no part of him since he quit on the Falcons last year and then he got suspended this year? Like, he's just too far out there for you to even... Uh, contemplate rostering his dynasty ECR is wide receiver 50. I've got him at wide receiver 50. I, I mean, it's just hard to say with like, you know, the problems he had last year. Um, Hey man, I mean, like, I'm not going to knock a guy for mental health issues, but like the, the sure. gambling thing was a terrible judgment error. 
I mean, like, even if it was small stakes or whatever, you just like, you know, if, if you know who Pete Rose is, you, uh, you can't bet on football, man. I mean, that's just an obvious thing. It's the thing only thing that could kill the NFL. It really right. is like finding right. out that the games are rigged is the only thing that can do it. So Again, I understand scandal. it. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, you just got to wonder if like his dedication to his craft is going to be there after a, a judgment error like that. So uh, a unique <laughs> talent for sure. Um, but like, I don't know if I ever thought he was going to develop into one of the creme de la creme uh, receivers. So I'm maybe a little more hesitant on him. Like, I don't think I'm actively trying to get him on the cheap. And uh, it seems like in a lot of the leagues I'm in, when he has been involved in a trade, the price isn't like, he's not going that cheaply. I mean, I think people who are rebuilding see him as a, a like a, a nice piece to a rebuild. And it makes sense for the people going for it this year to deal him off to a rebuilding team, but it just doesn't seem like the price on him is discounted that much. I mean, he's going as a wide receiver five, high end wide receiver five at wide receiver 50. Shane, are you um, are you in on Calvin Ridley at all whatsoever? No, no. Just yeah, I mean, it. it's like, that's a, the, the gambling. It's an indefinite suspension, right? So it, it's at least a year. Um, it's he's it, no guarantee that he's coming back when he does come back. Let's just say, for instance, he does come back. It'll be next year. He'll be 28 years old um wide receivers values usually dead about 29 unless you know you're Devonte adams and calvin ridley wasn't Devonte adams although heading into last year before everything i, I thought there was a, a chance that he could have been the wide receiver one in fantasy for the season um just with the available targets but we see how that went so it'll be 29 at this time next year so even if he's reinstated or um 28 this time next year when he's reinstated i just I don't know. I, I can't I can't see the long term value there. And if I have a rebuilding roster, I, I definitely want to hold on to the picks and uh just use them on some other assets. Um I have them on a couple of rosters. I haven't even tried to trade them because it's just I, I mean at that point, just hold on to them because I'm probably gonna get a third and a third right. is pretty useless. And I'm not gonna pay a second for him. So he's in that he's one of those players that's in that weird zone where I probably can't get enough for him to make it worthwhile to move. And I certainly wouldn't pay enough for him to get him off another roster. Let's go upside then. Let's talk about Drake London, Shane, uh, ECR 16. I, I have him at 17. Uh, he's the number one rookie on most boards. I like Jamison and Traylon a little bit more than I like Drake. I just think he has that, that big man downside because you're somewhere in between Mike Evans and Nikhil Harry, right? When you're a guy of that size and We've seen uh, very few Mike Evans, Michael Pittman types. We've seen a ton of Nikhil Harris. I mean, you, JJ Ortega Whiteside, you've seen in Philly for sure. So who has since moved to tight end? But what do you think of London? Do you think he deserves this uh, high range of wide receivers here? Would you put him more of a wide receiver three than a wide receiver two? No, I think he deserves this. I mean, when we're looking at wide receivers, we're, we're, shooting for upside right we're shooting for wide receivers we think could be wide receiver ones and that's kind of where we're pegging him we, we think um at least some of the community thinks he could be a even a low-end wide receiver one mm -hmm. considering the situation in atlanta there's really just him and kyle pitts at some point they're going to have a quarterback too i assume um just because that's how most nfl teams operate um so i'm fine with that price because if it hits you know you, you're gonna he's gonna outproduce that adp 
If he doesn't, it's not like you've overpaid so much that it's going to kill you. It's not like you're spending a first round draft pick on him, a second round draft pick and a startup. If right. you're doing that and he doesn't hit, then you're definitely going to have problems. Um, but consider where he's priced. I think I think it's fine. And he's a guy I came around on, even though I'm very scared of the JJR saying a white side, <laughs> Nikhil Harry, uh, Laquan Treadwell corollary, where they can't actually get open from Mike people. Evans and Michael Pittman, too. Uh, DK Metcalf's a big guy, you know, so. Right, the, right. Yeah, there, there's plenty of so guys. It can, that it can happen. That. So, yeah. and that's what I'm thinking. Like, he just dominated his college, his collegiate profile is just so dominating that I'm like, all right, let me lean on this. And I'm just going to hope that, you know, maybe he can separate a little more than we think. And when he gets to the pros, he's going to be able to. And he's not going to be have to switch to tight end in year four. Of his career. <laughs> and I'm I'm actually a little bit higher. I, I misread. Uh, he's ECR 19. Actually, it slipped down to 20 uh, in the last day. And I have him uh, at 17. Uh, but the guys around uh, Drake London Fitz are Rashad Bateman, Mike Evans, and Terry McLaurin just ahead of him. Uh, and then the three guys below him are Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Jerry Judy. So I know there's some names in there that you like. Uh, where where are you putting Drake London on your list, and how do you like him fitting into that group of ECR? Boggs, I too have Drake London at wide receiver 17. I've got Bateman at 20, McLaurin at 21, and Evans at 25. And uh, like Evans is the interesting – and by the way, why are all the, the slower contested catch guys always from the pack? 12 they might as well <laughs> just go ahead and break up that conference oh wait sorry that, that might have been uh that might have hit close to the bone for someone uh so yeah i mean i i should say they're from the big 10 since that's big where the uh, usc dark. is going to be operating um man it's hard to argue with what he did in in eight games last year 88 catches in eight games uh, they knew it was coming to him too that's the thing that's yeah. the thing for me is like the opposing defense, even though they're bad Pac-12 defenses, they know Drake London is getting 15 targets a game, and they still can't stop him. That was yeah. the thing for me, is he's doing it against two guys out there, most snaps. So stylistically, even if he's not an exact comp for Mike Evans, I do think he's that same kind of guy who could possibly just be too much for most NFL cornerbacks to handle, just like this tough physical mismatch so i'm pretty excited about him like i i think he's going to be a good player the thing is you're going to probably have to wait for him to realize the ceiling i don't think it's going to happen right away with marcus Mariota and desmond ritter uh you know hopefully his quarterback is like cj stroud in 2023 um i don't know so like i'm i'm very optimistic about him long term though Versus quarterbacks were in USC. He had uh, Slovis last year. Keaton Slovis, who no one likes anymore. Um, Not any people used to like him. him to leave. Yeah, yeah, but they 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 asked He's him to leave. He's a pit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they said, "Could you just please go into the transfer portal?" Um, and he did. You're not, not. Then good. he left. <laughs> so I mean, well, I, I don't think Caleb Williams. You know, I don't exactly. think Mariota or Ritter could be worse than that, right? <laughs> no, no, can't be. <laughs> just feed the guy with targets and let him just, just destroy people. He's a monster. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him more than a year. But yeah, his quarterback plays not not that bad. It's improved since college. Is, is there any other dart throw guy you like here, Shane? Uh, you know, maybe even if it's just for a year. Are you you know taking a shot on Edwards or Zacchaeus or anyone thinking, hey, you know, there's opportunity. Maybe one of these guys will win out. So. Here, here's my problem is, is um, 
I've looked into this stuff way too much. And I see <laughs> that when you're a bad rookie, it pretends a bad career. When you're a bad sophomore after a bad rookie, you're basically you're have no done. shot at yeah. fantasy relevance. Um, that said, I can understand if you wanted to, like, and if you had to have one guy, only have one of these guys on your roster, like a Brian Edwards, sure. Hold on to that dream at, you know, roster spot 30. Um, but just know that he should probably be your first cut, um, for whatever running back you're going to third string running back that you're hearing <laughs> good things about. Um, you're, yeah, you're, cut, you're cut for Kennedy Brooks week one. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You don't even, like if you want to take a shot on a wide receiver, you definitely don't want it to be one from an offense like this. Right. Yes. Yeah. Very so, true. You know, look, sometimes it's okay to just limit the the fantasy players that you're targeting to a team from a team to two players, Kyle yeah. Pitts and Drake London. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, you probably more upside on Josh Gordon because he's in Kansas city than anybody yeah. else on this roster. So uh, I'm with you, Pat. I'm assuming you're the same way. No, no uh, Atlanta dart throws. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe during the course of this season, people in the running for something now threw a couple of fab dollars at um, Auden Tate, who I know uh, Ian Harditz of PFF has had a thing for for a while. And I've actually heard Bengals beat writers say that he was like <laughs> a practice all-star. And, a big you know, target. He was good at Florida State. Yeah, and he could just kind of never get going or, or he'd get a little window of opportunity and he'd get hurt or something like something yeah. always seemed to, to happen to him. So maybe in a, you know, wide receiver core this bleak, he might have a chance to get on the field more, uh, you know, mildly interested in him, just worth keeping on the radar. Uh, so uh, two more scenarios here. And this first one is it's not really uh, a hard to read situation. It's a hard to read situation if. Alvin Kamara gets a six game suspension, which uh, we kind of heard might be in the hopper here, which uh, hopefully is not because I don't, uh, but, but it looks pretty bad. You know, I, the stuff that I had read before seeing the video was that, well, you know, this is probably going to get thrown out. This was self-defense. And then you see the video and you see four dudes jumping one dude. And you're like, well, this is not looking good for Mr. Kamara. And, um, you know, six games seems like it might be lenient at this point. Um, and his ECR is still 10 among running backs. Uh, I have dropped him prodigiously uh, because I do think he's going to get a lengthy suspension. I dropped him down to like wide receiver, a high end wide receiver three at this point. Uh, you know, they got nothing behind him. They got Mark Ingram, the corpse of Mark Ingram, who was born in the 80s. And so was I. So that's not a good scenario. <laughs> Um, uh, Tony Jones is not good. Um, he wasn't good at Notre Dame. I don't know what he's doing on the Saints roster. They picked up Abram Smith. They signed, uh, Divina Zigbo and Dwayne Washington guys with some NFL experience, but like, I don't think the running back who opens up as a number one is on the roster right now because Kamara is going to be suspended. I think this is a prime spot for Dearness Johnson to get traded. I think this is, you know, we've heard the Browns may want to trade Dearness. I think the Saints need a backup to Kamara, and he's proven to be a guy that can uh, take some of the workload, but he's not there now, and who knows who it's going to be. I just don't really like anyone outside of Kamara here, Pat. Do you trust anybody else on this roster? Yeah, that uh, Dearness thought is kind of interesting since, you know, they've got Jerome Ford now to be their number three. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, like not really. I mean, Mark Ingram, <laughs> uh, the thought of Mark Ingram operating as like this heavy duty back early on while he's 
Granted, the guy is, I think, one of the top four active uh, rushers right now. I think it's it's Ingram, Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, and Derrick Henry. But yeah. Um, Feels like he won the Heisman in the 90s, by the way. Right. Generally, <laughs> uh, running backs in their you know, almost mid-30s are not great investments, and there's no one else on this roster. So uh, I'm a little higher there on Kamara than you are. Just I like the profile for you know most. He's still good. But Most six dynasty games leagues huge. are it is huge, but um, you know maybe just because he has not carried the ball a lot up until last year, like he'd always kind of been used sparingly, and that hasn't taken as much punishment as a lot of the more valuable fantasy backs have. So maybe he's going to age a little bit better, um, especially with that pass catching ability. He's still you know one of the preeminent pass catchers at the position. And dynasty leagues are PPR leagues generally. So, um, you know, I've, I've hoped that he's going to age a little more gracefully. But yeah, the six gamers, uh, at least a six gamer, I would think that's going to be a big hit for this year. Yeah. Uh, Shane, what do you think of this Camara situation first? And then anybody behind Camara in New Orleans just looks rough. Uh, I'll go with Abram only because I haven't seen him fail yet. <laughs> Um, and I've seen literally <laughs> every, glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else on that list I've seen fail repeatedly. And actually in the same circumstances, like divine a bit as, as Zubo, I feel like we've talked about like, not me, us three, but just in general, I feel like he's been brought up before in other sure. circumstances. He's um, had same opportunities. Way. Yeah. Right. Right. Mark Ingram is probably fine for a couple games and then it's going to give out. That's what happens to 32 year old men that are playing an NFL sport. And Kamara, I was out on after last year. I just have a hard and fast rule with 26-year-old running backs is that I don't believe in them um, because not since the days of Matt Forte and players like that did running backs age gracefully. Um, now, you know, obviously this is a different crew. We got like Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon and, and Alvin Kamara, so maybe they'll reset that. But until I see it, I still don't believe it. And I know the dynasty community largely doesn't because I can't even trade them for a single 23 first um, in most of my leagues. Wow. Um, 23 class is going to be good, but I mean, yeah, that, that's brutal. Yeah. So, I mean, but you're, you're in a situation where you have to hold them, right? Because yeah. his, his value can't get worse than where it is right now. He is going to get suspended at least six games. Like there's, there's no way that video was horrific. Um, like you said, and whenever there's video that makes it worse because yep. We're, we're visual creatures. If we can see it, we, you know, it's a lot worse than hearing about it. So I can't imagine he doesn't get some suspension. But then you know what? He'll serve a suspension. He'll come back in week seven, week eight, whenever, and he'll go out there and drop 25 points. And someone in your league is going to go, I, I could use that. And then you can get a 23 first form. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, it, it's an interesting scenario. Hopefully, I mean, I think someone will get cut and the Saints will add someone or they'll trade for someone. I don't think they go into the year with Ingram and Tony Jones as the backfield. If they do, they're going to be a passing team, which was not the case last year at all with all them broken quarterbacks that they had. Uh, the last one, we'll go quick on this one since we're already over an hour here, but um, it's Seattle running backs. And basically it's Penny versus Walker. Uh, Walker is ECR 18. Uh, Rashad Penny is ECR 37. I mean, I just can't imagine that anyone is realistically trading Rashad Penny. And I know we hear a lot of, he was great at the end of last year and he was And all of like the underlying statistics, all the PFF stuff looks great on Rashad Penny. He is a very good running back. 
he will not stay on the field for you. He has proven it to us. This is the fool me once, shame on you. The fool can't get fooled again. You know, you mm-hmm. don't get fooled by uh, Penny again in my eyes. Pat, are you any different? Or you, this is all Walker and no Penny. Right. No, uh, I think the ECR has got it pretty right here for Dynasty, and it'll be interesting to see if anyone gets thrown off the trail in, in redraft, because I know the reports are like, oh, Penny's way ahead of, of Kenneth Walker, even though Walker is this fantastic prospect. But uh, you said it with the injuries, Bog. It's, uh, you know, just to drop another baseball comparison, since you're a baseball guy, oh, like yeah. a, a starting pitcher who's had injury problems throughout his career, Steven Strasburg. Is he suddenly no. going to rediscover like good health when he's, uh, you know, in his, his late twenties or whatever? Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. So I um, had carpal tunnel syndrome, him and librarians, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, come on. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not really interested in Penny and I'm very interested in Walker. Uh, I'm the exact same way. Very high on Walker, very low on Penny. I got Penny at uh, 45. I just do not believe he's going to do anything. I mean, uh, and I'm very, very high on uh kenneth walker so uh shane where are you at on walker i have him at 17 uh like we said his ecr is 18 uh are you like high-end rb2 on walker and are you out on penny as well yeah look i I love penny and when he came into the league like there wasn't anyone that was as high on him as me like i was like all in like this dude is special um but unfortunately just like Pat mentioned, uh, Steven Strasburg, who I, you know, I drafted in my fantasy. Uh, Dude, I took a day year. off of work to watch his major league debut. And it was awesome. He had 14 strikeouts against the Pirates. Like, I remember it. he was amazing. I was so excited to watch him. Just cannot stay on the field. I remember the hype for him. So, you know, I drafted him this year because I go, man, when he comes back, maybe he'll be, you know, Steven Strasburg. He came back for one game. Um, and then I look on my, uh, my ESPN app and I go, wait, he's on the IL again. I was like, I got like a third of a start out of him. Like what? All right, just drop this guy. <laughs> that, that's how I feel about Penny. Um, if I can get anyone to give me any value for him, they, they can take it. Um, if not, I'll hold on to him for a couple of weeks though. Cause if it's split for a couple of weeks, Penny can survive and look good there. But yeah, Kenny, Kenny Walker, Kenneth Walker, whatever you want to call him. Walker. Ken Walker. Ken Walker. K walk. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, he's he's gonna he's a lot. I really came around on him. He's definitely gonna smash. I think he's gonna be in an offense that likes to run the ball, um, and they've shown that they use unconventional pass catchers at the running back position before in Chris Carson. Um, so I don't see any reason that he can't at least see you know some screens, some dump offs. I don't ever expect them to see him split out wide, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him with forty receptions in a season. And Seattle's actually investing in their offensive line for a change. Yeah, now that Russ is gone, so which is hilarious, but that's a whole different scenario. So uh, that is going to wrap it up for us. Remember, you can follow us all on Twitter at Bogdan Sports for myself, Pat at Fitz underscore FF. Fitzy, what do you got coming up this week? Uh, yeah, man, we're just continuing to crank out uh, content to whet people's appetite. And, uh, you know, we've got the uh, I've got the Fits on Fantasy podcast this week with uh, a great guest, Eric Moody. So uh, I hope people will check that out. And Shane at Shane is the worst. I still feel bad saying it because Shane is the best. Thank you for joining us. And what do you have coming up here uh, in terms of your work? Oh, well, I'm going to be listening to uh, Fits on Fantasy with the great guest of uh, Eric Moody. Um, you know, as usual, the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast, going to do a Dynasty intervention this week, 
couple dynasty trades and fives. And then if uh, things get crazy, me and my buddy Scott will do a manic and chill because mm-hmm. um, I don't have much of a social life. So I just like to talk about fantasy football. Yeah, it, it is the best uh, for me. It, obviously, I'm doing this podcast. I'll be doing uh, the Welsh and I are expanding uh, all of our stuff on Wednesday this week. We are doing two hours of live stream Monday through Thursday moving forward. So uh, check that out over at In This League. Um, you can catch me on uh, the uh, baseball side of Fantasy Pros as well on occasion. You can catch me on um, CFP Winning Edge, ITL IDP, ITL CFF, all kinds of good stuff for you. So uh, just follow me at Bogman Sports and you can see it all. But that will wrap it up for us and we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel. Don't forget to check out our featured videos. And while you're at it, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Fantasy Pros so you can get the latest news and updates to give you the edge you need in your fantasy league. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 